Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And I buy the groceries and your deal is that you're supposed to help with laundry and you haven't been doing it. And now I'm underwearless. My ball sack is on this chair. And you don't care. No one asked you to use all your boxers within three days. I do it, it once a week, three every weekend. Days. You I, did this last week too. You have not. You weren't been, even around last week. You have week. not been working you on were, your end of the deal. You know what? I've been working so good on my end of the deal that I even got you food. They did a collab. You, you are my universe. I just want. To put you first. The only reason why I doubt those are the lyrics is because every time you sing a song, Excuse never the lyrics. Excuse me. That is right. <laughs> there we go with the accents again. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have my co-host for the day, Mariel Song. There's no crowd here. Nobody's cheering for you at all whatsoever. What the hell are you doing? Did you ever perform when you were a kid? Like no. in front of crowds? Absolutely. Not. You never did anything? Like at church or anything? I have one that I remember when I was in third grade. I don't know what we're doing, but we're on stage and I was had to hold I had to hold on to this like paper. And I remember the you know how like you're on stage, you have spotlights coming through? Mm-hmm. It's my first time dealing with spotlight. And I don't know if I was being dramatic or not, but I was just like, I think I'm going to fall. I think I'm going to faint. That's all I was thinking. So I think that shows that, no, I don't. No, I don't do it. 
You never performed anything as a kid. They didn't make you sing, dance, or anything like that. At church, I was Virgin Mary, so all I had to do was carry a paper roll, <laughs> a roll of a towel. Oh, for the baby? Yeah, that's for, so funny. That's pretty much it. And band concerts. I remember as a kid going to church and having all every year we had to like do a a, a Christmas song. We had to perform all that other stuff. There's a video of me somewhere. I'll I, hopefully I'll find <gasps> it when I get back you home. Sing? No, I didn't like singing when I was a kid. It's <laughs> funny to be like little David singing R and First of all, I was never little, so <laughs> like I, I specifically remember this videotape. It's somewhere, but in this videotape, everybody's wearing a white turtleneck. First of all, because huh. that's what we had to do. It was for Christmas, and we were supposed to sing Christmas carols or whatever in front of the adult the adult uh, ministry. Yeah. I'm at this point. I had my growth spurt, so I. How old were you? We're at, I'm in sixth grade. Uh. I'm like seven inches taller than everybody else. <laughs> I, I, I look like one of the teachers. Oh my <laughs> so god! You know, and I'm just in the corner with my bowl cut and this turtleneck with like food stains all over it. Oh my god! Because it's a white turtle. Because I used to always get. St- I was a dirty ass kid. I bet you are. And I just remember just th- sitting there. Just I look so stupid. Why do I have to do this? Because I'm so much bigger than everybody uh. else. And then nobody, nobody else had their growth spurt yet, but I was like the first one. So I was a giant, but I used to hate performing. I used to hate doing praise. I hated singing. I hated doing the whole, um, uh, uh, father, Ab- you know, when your kid, father, Abraham had many sons, many sons of father, Abraham. No, I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, father, Abraham. I mean, Kamagamure, me, uh, so I actually what? did a. Kamagamure. Kamagamure. Uh, what does that mean? I barely remember that. That sounds that like melody. you were making fun of Korean people. What? <laughs> like, what like, do you mean? like you were imitating the Korean language. <laughs> no, that's an actual phrase. Oh. It's called kam- like when it's like fuzzy. It's just like, oh, I could barely remember. Because uh, now that you mention it, yeah, at church we did a lot of performance like I have pictures of me like pretending I'm dancing or whatever there was this one I don't know if he did this but it was a traditional Korean folk song or something where what the hell (laughs) basically you partner up with uh opposite gender uh (laughs) and you do this like flirty dance where you oh, cover I know your that face. one. You know what? I think um, North, it was- Co- North Korea did that. Remember the, the little girl in North Korea? She performed it. Yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> oh, but she. But it's like they're flirting, like yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, they like cover their face and yeah. they go hello, and then peekaboo. Mm-hmm. Oh mama, oh mama, yo. It's like that. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> No. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. Oh, my no. yeah, that's. I know we used to do that. A group performance. I think I've done it multiple times. Anyway, yeah, I've done it before. Now that I think about it, I did hip hop dance before. Like, yeah, you have performed then. Yeah. I have How do you forget that? Why do you? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. How do you forget that? I don't know because I'm forgetful. It doesn't retain in my brain. But why do you ask? <laughs> because we're on a podcast. I'm asking questions. Like, what do you, what do you, why do you ask? It was just Did a you forget random, that we're, we're shooting no, right now? No, it was just a random you're, question. You're being interrogated right now. Why do you ask? It was just the first question. I'm like, you must have brought it up for a reason. But also, you maybe just asked as a random question. Oh, yes. I have <laughs> Did you forget that we're recording right now? I don't know. She's like, why'd you ask? She's all threatening <laughs> me. Why did you what? ask? What do you want to well, know? You were interrogating me for. 
<laughs> no, uh, so when I came to like a group performance, I actually loved it. I enjoyed it. I don't remember any fear. But when I had to do flute recital, where you're up in the stage by yourself, I freaked out. I'm always off. Wait, you, you, you were, is this for church? No, it's just, uh, I used to oh take. Oh my God, I just remembered. I had piano recitals too. Oh yeah? I did not. I hated it. I hate it. I freaking hated it. From church or as like a private tutor? No, my our parents. Well, I wanted to learn how to play the piano when I was really young. Mm. And then, but the type of music that I wanted to play, my parents didn't teach me, right? So we had a piano teacher. She was a Korean lady. And from church? I, yeah, she wasn't from our church, actually. Oh, okay. But she was referred to somebody from church. And But then we learned how to play, you know, classical piano. Yeah. You know, Mozart and all yeah. of the shit. I didn't want to learn any of that stuff. So the the piano that I was that was being taught to me wasn't the one that I wanted to learn. Uh. So we did it for like a few years. Then my brother had to learn piano because I did it and he hated me for it because he didn't want to learn piano. Uh. But I did. And then I, it was just, it just wasn't the type of music that I enjoyed, though. What's the type of music you like? I want to learn like jazz. You know, even as a little kid, I want to learn jazz and stuff because I used to watch the Cosby show. And so the Cosby show, like Bill Cosby. How come you like the Cosby show? The Cosby show was the shit. It was like the funniest show to me. As I got older, it became funnier and funnier. Uh, but it was just a really funny, funny, funny sitcom. I don't think Cos- I ever had the chance to watch the Cosby show when I was younger, like at that age. Maybe like in middle school, high school when it was rerun. But not when I yeah, was Yeah, well, I was, we were, I was super young too. So I'm pretty sure everything that I saw was a rerun. So by the time that I started watching, it was probably like in his last season. Mm-hmm. But then I started watching the reruns as a, when I was a kid. They played jazz there? Oh, dude. Uh, Heathcliff Huxtable on the show, which was Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh. He loved jazz. and oh. so Oh, yes. Yes, I remember he that. He was a huge jazz fan. So they'd always talk about jazz. So I wanted to learn how to play jazz piano. But instead, I got classical music and I hated it. They wouldn't let you play jazz or maybe… The- I don't think the teacher knew how to play that <laughs> yeah, stuff though. Yeah, yeah. Like you need a, a… Not in Korean community. <laughs> which is kind of weird though because I I wonder… I don't think any Korean kid learned piano for what they wanted to learn it for. It was just something that you did. Because almost every Korean kid learned how to play the piano. Yeah, it's like… Uh, I think, you know, in some community, playing violin is a basic thing. Did so- you used to get hit if you didn't get the notes right? No. Oh, I shit. mean, maybe because I'm a girl, but no. I got hit. My hands got hit with a stick. Pop. What the fudge? Are you kidding Dude, me? This lady was fucking harsh, man. Clearly. Yeah. Oh, no. I I, I can't even count the... Um, <laughs> the uh, I can't count the amount... Not amount. Like how many times I had to get a new teacher because the amount of times I had to move around. So I think I had maybe one piano teacher every year. That's crazy. So I didn't get to learn much. I mean, also, I don't think I was, I, I didn't like piano when I was growing up. It just seemed like more of a, it's like kind of equi- uh, equivalent to reading a book where it was a, uh, it wasn't a reward for me. It was mm. the opposite. So Performing always gave me anxiety. I hated it. I hated mm. performing so much. And even to this day, because I perform now, I, I don't know if I like it. I think I just do it. Because I like uh, developed the skill for it. But performing gives me anxiety. Here's the thing. Do you get anxiety just being out there? Or like if you're there solo versus there with a group of folks that you know. Does it's anxiety the same change? thing. It doesn't matter. Really? I don't know what it is. But I've, I've never liked crowds. I never liked big groups of people. I, I don't like it at all. I'm, I'm a major introvert. And I think the crazy thing is I think like uh, pandemic made it worse. Because… 
the less I had to be around people. This is a skill that you have to develop over time. Mm. And one of those things too, it's like, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, right? You can't, in my personal opinion, and I'm pretty sure there's like psychological documents that could back this up. You can't turn an introvert into an extrovert. You can only learn how to navigate through social, yeah. social situations, right? Yeah. My whole life, I assumed I was an extrovert, right? Only because I wanted to, I didn't like performing, but I enjoyed the, I enjoyed what happened after I performed, right? So mm-hmm. after I do my set, after I play music or whatever, I enjoyed getting it over with and I enjoyed that other people were laughing and that was the, th- the, the feeling that you chase. But when you give me the option of not having to do it, I don't think I'd, I'd do it, right? So let's say, and I think that's what I mean by like pandemic makes it worse because pandemic, when pandemic happened, all the shows stopped, all the traveling stopped, and then it stopped becoming habit. Now, mm. a lot of the stuff that we do now is here. Mm. It's inside the house. I'm not really doing much uh, in terms of uh, outside of this house because now we're doing podcasting and everything else. So that social anxiety started, I think, has gotten worse than it was before. Like, yeah, I can still go out. I can go ahead and talk schmooze or whatever. But it's definitely something that takes a lot more energy out of me than it did before because I'm not in practice anymore. And if you don't practice this shit as an introvert, it, it fucks you up. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have to be around it, you don't, especially when you're older. When you're older, if you don't want to be around shit, you don't have to be around yeah. shit. You have that choice. The As you get older, your level of bullshit um, the, the amount of bullshit that you can deal with decreases and you have the option of not being around people. Like yeah. when you're in high school, right? There are some people in the group in your high school that you just deal with just because it's annoying mm-hmm. because they're just there. They're a part of the group. If I say something, it make, makes things awkward, whatever, I'll just deal with them. Yeah. But when you're older, you could just be like, I don't got to be a part of this group. Yeah. It's harder when you're younger because you have all this uh, external pressure. When you're older, you don't feel anything at all, especially when you find a, a partner that you love and you care about and you get married. You care even fucking less <laughs> because now like the people that matter the most are going to be your wife, your kids, your parents. And that's really about it. I wonder what, what it's going to be like now because like so many companies out there are now you know announcing, have been announcing that they're indefinitely re- working remotely. Mm-hmm. So those who had daily opportunities to socialize and kind of build that uh, skill because that's I actually I'm one of them too the fact that I haven't been doing the usual routine of meeting folks and everything that when I I thought I was more social and I'm okay because I've been going out and about you know we go Hawaii and stuff I see my friends but recently I found out that I'm actually very awkward now like my body reacts without even me knowing about it. And so I'm wondering how the society is going to be now. The fact that so many big companies are now working remotely. So we're, uh, we have the, in, in a way, introvert has the advantage of staying, you know, not having to deal with the social anxiety, but also they're, they might be losing that experience or that skill. Like you, how you said that you're out of practice. I feel like what's going to happen? Like how much more awkward are we going to be? It's then? tough. And I don't know if people agree with this or not, but social skills are very fucking important. Um, and it's so hard. <laughs> it's harder for us as introverts, right? We have we have a steeper hill to climb, you know, conversely with uh, people who are uh, extroverts because they get energy from being around people. When they're around a group of people, when they do group activities, when they aren't by themselves, they feel energized by other people's vibe and energy and everything else like that. Mm -hmm. For us, 
if you are an introvert, and you guys might know this too, if you are an introvert, when you go outside, you socialize, it takes from you. It makes you exhausted. You're When you come home, you're tired. Mm. You, you, you enjoy the interaction maybe or something like that, but you feel like people have been taking from you. What about your close friends? Like when you have one-on-one time with your close friends? I think those are fine, right? Um, one-on-one's fine because it's not a lot of people, right? But even then, it's it's a select amount of people I could be around for that long. Mm. It's not one-on-one with everybody. Like there are certain people who want to hang out with me one-on-one and I know that talking to them is fucking exhausting. <laughs> so I, I avoid them like the yeah, plague. Yeah, that's true. Just because we don't, for some reason, the conversation always leads to something that that takes away from me a lot versus us just being around each other and being able to vibe. There's very few people that I could do with that with where I could hang out almost every day with. Like one of them is like Gabo. The other one now is Khalif. Like I could hang out with them pretty much virtually two, three times a week. And we mm. just joke around and fuck around and it's, and it's a good time. Yeah. Um, the hard part about that is like finding out what type of introvert. There are people out there who are just like debilitated where they only want to be by themselves, maybe one other person and everything else stresses them out. Mm. The problem with that is like that I've been seeing with people during pandemic is when they interact with um, people when they try to date. Dating has been a a huge issue for people who have been introverted, who haven't talked to people, who haven't practiced the skill of speaking to people because talking to somebody online versus face-to-face is so different. Oh yeah, It's not the same. There are... There are physical cues that you now have to be mindful for that you didn't have to deal with. Yeah. All you were dealing with was with the with the words and just interpreting what these words means within this small like digital realm. Yeah. Well, now when you're face to face with somebody, now you have to analyze, oh, why did they move their hand this way? Yeah. Well, am I making them feel uncomfortable? They're kind of pulling back a little bit. You have visual you cues. You know, that's what happened to me. Like over the weekend, I went to this one Korean restaurant to have dinner with a friend and it was like, crowded but i mean i would say in my head i was like wow this is actually kind of crowded but at the same time like i've been like at disneyland you know crowd space before so i was like oh it's not a problem and then the server came up and i was gonna um i was gonna order in korean but something with her energy or the way i think she was looking at me and i think that kind of threw me off of course she would be looking at me because she's waiting to for me to say something my voice just changed and I didn't even hear my voice change. So she started laughing. And I was like, I'm so, I, I was so dumb, just confused. And I looked at my friend and she's, she was, she also laughed. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to order. So I ordered, she laughed and I asked my friend, I was like, what happened? What, why are you guys are laughing? And she's like, didn't you hear your voice? It changed. And I couldn't tell if you were like choking or what that was. And then later on, she kind of sees that I was very awkward and like anxious. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. It's that I'm talking to people every day. That's my job. But the energy that I'm getting from people, I'm not used to that when they're so close to me, I kind of These freak These are so out. much more things to assess that you didn't have to assess yeah. before. So it's it's <sighs> uncomfortable now. That's We're- so, that's, you know, what's funny is that because of, because I'm noticing this about myself, I'm actually having a hard time to reach out folks who've been reaching out to me to hang out. Because I am, I feel like I'm not in a good stage right now to meet people. Like I feel like if we meet up, I will be awkward. I mean, I feel fine with friends, right? And at the end of the day, you see me around me. people. Like no, <laughs> no, nobody would know that I'm an introvert. No, nobody knows. Everybody thinks I'm fucking extroverted. They they think I am. You know? Do you tell them that you're an introvert and you hate it to be out in the public? Like, well, in a crowd? well, my close friends know I don't like big crowds. They they know that for a fact, uh-huh. right? So like I've. Okay, so for an example, there was one friend who uh, 
we were supposed to have dinner with just uh, two people, right? It was me, another friend, and another friend. Well, little did I know this person invited like seven other people that he was kicking it with in K-Town at the time. And that shit irritated the fuck out of me, right? Not because I wanted to hang out one-on-one and have a great conversation. It's just that this person knows that I don't deal well with crowds. And specifically what happens because of my anxiety, my anxiety starts to spike. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is I look like I fucking hate people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very apparent in my face. Like people have seen this where 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 I meet somebody I don't know. And as they're speaking, it looks like I, I want to fucking kill them, you know? And it has nothing to do with them. I'm irritated. I, at that point, I was just irritated at the situation that this person knows that I have social anxiety to the max. And they invite seven people that I don't fucking know. They're drunk as hell, talking super loud, touching me, doing all this other shit. And then just my, my anxiety starts to rise. And then I try to mask my anxiety with anger. And then- because I don't know what it does, but anger makes you seem like you're a more confident person. But really, I'm just irritated all around. And so like those type of things, like my close friends know I have this issue. So for all those college shows you have done, how how did you deal with I have to men- I have to mentally prepare myself. That's not easy. You know, we were, so so Mariel and I like was it this morning or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. But we had like this. So. In, in the morning, basically, you know, she wants, she wanted me to go to an event. And then my knee jerk reaction is, I don't want to go. Typically what happens with like big events or pe- when people are there, I immediately choose to opt out. And just like I was saying before, if it's a situation that I can control that I, that I don't have to be in, I'm most likely going to choose the option where I don't want to be there because I know my behaviors. Like, when I when my anxiety spikes, I try to cover it up with just being very stoic, not having any emotions, but that comes off as me becoming really aggressive. This is what happens all the time. And it's just a lot to deal with. So my knee-jerk reaction is that I can't do it. Now, I did have something during the day, but I immediately went to, no, can't do it, when really I should have taken the time to really think I can. And I think even for Mariel, she didn't understand how much work it takes for me to be in social settings. I have to mentally prepare myself all the time. It's like before I do a show, this show is booked out a month ahead. So now I mentally prepare myself. Okay, there's going to be a lot of people around me. Um, what about something like Sun Foods where you're in a crowd, but you're not technically interacting, but then you got a good amount of folks around you. Yeah, but I don't have to interact with them though because I'm shooting. Right, but it, so that's okay. That's fine. I'm not interacting with them though. I'm just in a group setting, but everybody's away from me because I'm with crew. People aren't really next to me. Or what about the crew themselves? That's fine. I've known them now for what? Six, seven years. Like John, Andrew, Luis. And then like the crew people we've already met. Like this is, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, right? Because especially when you're in a social setting where, you, where you're supposed to be social, that shit's annoying. That's why I don't like doing weddings. Weddings bother me the most. Because of me having to socialize with people that I literally could give a fuck less about. Having to smile, make them laugh, do all this other stuff. It's, it's obnoxious. Like I fucking hate it. I mean, there's difference between not liking it because everybody has to do that versus you have anxiety for that. Yeah. So which one is it? It's not different. It's kind of goes hand in hand. Because people, I mean, like, for example, I have to go to weddings, right? Where I meet folks that I don't know. And I mean, I would rather use that time talking to strangers than, and I'd rather use that time 
to talk to friends that I care about, but then I also need to cater, you know, sometimes to folks that I don't know. It's not, I don't like it. But, but see, that's a difference. That's what I'm saying. You just don't like it. No, that's what I'm saying. Like you said that you don't like it. So I'm asking, is yeah, it? I don't like it because I, the, the anxiety that happens. It's like Because to, there's anxiety behind yeah, it. I don't like it. And I also just don't like being around people I don't fucking know. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's compounded with everything. Like these social settings are, are hard. Like it's, it's difficult. I just hide it very well. And I'm also, I've also just kind of learned how to deal with it. This is the same shit my dad deals with all the time. I know for a fact now, now that I'm older, my dad has social anxiety to the fucking max, but he was a pastor. So he learned how to mask his stuff through, you know, the religious work that he had to do. There was a goal in mind, right? It was that he wanted to spread the word or the love of God. But if you look at my dad's circle, my dad's circle is very small. You don't ever see my dad go into social situations that are big with a lot of people. And I, and I watch and I observe him around a group of people he doesn't know. He's very awkward. Mm. And I can see his anxiety. And I, I see the same shit that I deal with that he has. So I don't know if I learned it from him or if I picked up these behaviors from him. Um, but I've, I recognize this in myself super early on when I started trying to stand up when I was 16 and I couldn't figure out why before. I mean, everybody, when they perform, they feel anxious, right? But then I started breaking it down. Even when I was super young as a teenager, it's like, how do you like performing, but you freak out every fucking time? Why is it that you can't mm. even order food at a restaurant and you start to freak out like that? I, I used to not be able to order food. Mm. I couldn't go into a restaurant and order food off a menu because the, the menu selection was, would freak me the fuck out. And I was afraid that if I order something, uh, I would order something wrong. It wasn't right. They would question my what I would order. This is what anxiety does. It puts you in this weird fucking spiral and you start going to this stupid shit. So when I recognized that I had the same issue that my dad would have, and that's this would be like something small of like the anxiety of like not knowing how to speak English. Mm-hmm. So my dad would always have me um, do all the internet stuff, the bill stuff, and he would have me talk on the phone. And I would deal with anxiety because I didn't know what I was talking about. And I freak out because I don't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) which is why if you notice one of my biggest habits is that I tend to over-research things. Mm -hmm. It's because it helps with my anxiety. Mm. It helps me. If I know these things that are going to happen, I can make adjustments later on. So I like to be three or four steps ahead. But when it comes to going out and about, you don't like to plan it. Yeah, because there's nothing bad that's going to happen. Like what's going to happen if I go to Hawaii and then. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, no, what but ba- if I, but like, for example, if I start cooking a dish, right, I buy all these ingredients. Uh, well, that one. Yeah, there's a the result. Thing burns, yeah. Something doesn't happen. I just wasted a whole crap ton of food. I have to go back to the grocery store, rework this, start it from scratch. That's different. If I'm traveling to Hawaii, like a vacation, I literally could care less because I don't have an end result that I'm trying to achieve. I'm just there just to have a good time. So my anxiety doesn't spike there too. And plus I'm not around people either. So it doesn't really matter. But my dad has dealt with this for a very long time. And then when I recognized it myself, I started making steps to to kind of learn how to mask or change it or build the habit of being social. And I, that was through me observing other people being social. Mm. I felt like an alien. Mm. Like sometimes when you have like social anxiety, you feel like you're an alien trying to learn how other people interact with other human beings. Mm. That's what it feels like. Because you look at other people and you go, wow, how the fuck do they do that? Is that why you like that one dude who like learned a language within a week fluently and he was talking about how he likes to mimic social No, no, no. I like that just because it's, it's novelty. <laughs> it's, it's like a white guy. Well, that that's what you sound like when you say that. Because yeah. that's what he said too. Yeah. For me, it's just more like, how do they do that? Like I used to, uh, one of my buddies, like when we used to go to clubs, right? When we were kids. 
kids. Like we were like 17, 18 years old. Mm. And I would watch this guy talk to any girl. And before I would talk to a girl, I would just be sitting in my head spinning. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens if I talk to her? What do I say? Mm -hmm. Where do I take the conversation? What if she says no? What if she doesn't like me? I'm not that attractive. Do I have to be funny? What more? And all these things would spit in my head. And this motherfucker would just walk up and be like, what's up, <laughs> man? My name is blah, 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 blah. And then she'd be like, I'm good. And he walks away. He goes, I then goes to another girl. <laughs> goes to another girl. And I started learning, oh, this guy doesn't have this anxiety when it comes to approaching people, talking people. When he's in a group mm -hmm. setting, he talks to anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. And I started picking up his habits because I'm like, okay, he did this. He didn't die. Mm -hmm. He made... He, so I started like kind of when I started approaching women in these open settings, mm -hmm. I started just copying what he does. And but he didn't have the feelings that I had, though. Mm -hmm. I still felt it. I just started masking how I felt. And I started um, doing this thing where I started accepting these negative outcomes that would happen that wouldn't kill me. Mm. It's like, ah, I got rejected. Damn, this shit hurts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but I'd be like, it's cool. And I would pretend like it didn't hurt. Move on. But afterwards, when I come home, I'm like. Fuck that shit sucks. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of people are like that though. Don't you think so? In that kind of sense of like um, how you feel at the end of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Like you know, they that's cover, why you know, most of their feeling because they don't want to show their weakness. But then at home, they're just like crying. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people do feel that way. Um, I did a I, similar thing too, but I don't know if it's anxiety or lack of social skills that I had because I used to also watch folks, whether like how people interacted and some of the phrases people use, like I literally would draw notes. I would like write the note, uh, write down the notes of phrases that they use or like when they use it, why they use it, the intonation of it so that when I, so I could feel, I could be more. I don't know, Americanized or I could feel more like I know what I'm saying, kind of. If not, I feel like I was like a ghost. Yeah. But I don't like I had similar experience in that kind of stuff, but I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know. I'm I'm always a nervous person. Like I talk, you know, socializing was always a hard thing for me. And I learned how to cope with it too. You're really good at public speaking. Like when you had to like, when you didn't know that you had to be in front of a wedding and talk, you pulled it through so well. But did you see the the mental anguish that I went through before? That is very realistic. Like, I, I, I'm like realistic. What is the word? Like I would totally, I would have been sweating. I think you kind of was sweating. Well. I sweated through my whole fucking shirt. And you killed it. If I were there, I would have said stuff and people would be like, what is she saying? But that's the interesting thing too, though. That's why I, I'm saying it's all practice. And you, yeah, you so, did really well. So when people assume that, um, mm -hmm. oh, he's a natural, like, motherfucker, this has mm -hmm. never been natural for me. It has never, ever been natural for me. This is super, like I said, I couldn't order a burger from McDonald's because I would freak the fuck out. I would literally freak out. How do you order so well now? You make fun of me that I can't order. Exactly. It's all because of the reasons that you said. And I'll tell you this too, though. We all know about projection. We project stuff out from other people that we hate in the qualities that we see in ourselves. So when I see you do that, I see that quality that I hate in myself. Then why do you have to lash it at all? Me? I, don't, I don't lash out. Yeah, you, you do. You'll be like, oh my gosh, come on. Everyone's waiting for you. Okay. The, the difference is. Is you can't that, say the difference. The more you do that, the more anxiety oh, goes up. You should hey, know that, David. Hey, listen, so. Let me tell you this, though. The difference is, 
is how how you are inconsiderate of everybody else. I'm trying if to be I, considerate. If I get anxiety from my, what I do is I don't go in line and sit there and ask a barista 30 no. questions about what the drink is. I step out of line. Because I'm considerate, I say you guys go first so I could think about you it. You don't do that I, at coffee places. You I'm not talking about line, coffee place. I'm talking about that one incident that you mentioned it to everyone in Hawaii. Oh, the one, the one where everybody- And then yet- you were still saying, come on. And you're putting that anxiety even higher. You, I, I even said it out loud. I was like, you're making me very anxious here. <laughs> I'm like, you should know that. And you should not do that if you know it. You know what I would have done? I would have said, get everybody else to order. Can you come back to me in five minutes? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too, but here's a breath of fresh air. Fume, it's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. Hey all, it's David So, and if you want to listen to Genius Brain without ads, now you can. Just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show too. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Purple, my friends. It's funny. 
There are all these gimmicks that promise a great night's sleep, and I don't care what kind of toppers there are or how heavy your damn blanket is. It's just lipstick on a stupid pig. If you're sleeping on a terrible mattress, your sleep will be terrible. It's that simple. That's why I recommend sleeping on a purple mattress. The Gel Flex Grid is amazingly supportive for your back and legs. I gotta tell you, man. If I'm not sleeping on my purple, I ain't sleeping that well at all. Every time I travel and I don't have my purple mattress, I think about it. I think about my purple mattress and I cry. Yes, real tears. And it soaks into that stupid mattress because it's not my purple mattress. Oh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash brain10 and use code brain10 for a limited time. You can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash brain10 code brain10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash brain10 promo code brain10. You think she, that would have worked? Because she would be like, I want to order. Like she wanted to do everyone. She would do that. That's what a waitress you know what? would do. I, when you're anxious, you can't really think like that. Then let me order for you. I did. I asked you, what do you, and you said, just pick whatever. Exactly. That doesn't help. Big whatever. Here's the thing. The reason oh why the God, reason why David, so. the reason why I say you can order whatever is basically because I've seen you eat rotten food and enjoy it. Excuse so me. no matter what you ordered on the menu, How it would have been fine. Rude. How rude. How rude. I have literally seen this woman eat spoiled food. Later on, her stomach hurts. She looks me dead into my eyes and goes, I think it was rotten. And I'm like, listen. Did I enjoy and I, it though? And I would go, where's the food? She goes, I ate it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> why, why, why would you eat it? It's spoiled. She goes, I don't want to waste money. I'm like, it's already wasted. It's it's spoiled. You know what? That's what you get. Don't overspend. Overspend? What are David, you talking so What are you talking You buy Costco size. I'm like, there's only two people in the house. Why do we always have and to get eat, Costco and size? And we eat most of it. You eat most of it. Exactly. So what's the problem I just try here? to eat. And then by the time I eat, I'm like, oh, it's spoiled. Don't. My goodness. I really. I mean, she's if she is getting better. She stopped herself. I am eating getting better. Yeah. She stopped. She goes, I think this is spoiled. I'm not going to eat it. And I saw her throw it away. I'm like, wow, growth. See, I see when people don't push you and give you anxiety, then it works. Okay. You just need to give them some space. Pace. David, you should know about this. Come on now. Why am I teaching you this? I, huh? I did give you space. You just are so inconsiderate, dude. You are inconsiderate. Are you joking? No. <laughs> yes, I'm okay. Okay, good. I was going to say, do we need to turn this off? Because we need to have a chat. I'm so considerate that it's over considerate. <laughs> I would spend the whole day with someone that I don't even know and you spend my whole time trying to cheer that person up. You know, we, we, we were talking about this too where, you know, I think one of the things that I think a lot of us do too is we forget how much relationships are very reciprocal, right? So Mario was talking about this situation where Mario is <laughs> somebody who's very – I'm joking about the inconsiderate thing that those are, these are all jokes. When we laugh, these are jokes. Um, she's, <laughs> I made it serious so he would stop making fun of me. Yeah, this little asshole. But um, <laughs> she's a little over, over considerate in the sense that she tends to put other people's emotions first before herself to the point where sometimes when she does that, she <laughs> tends to lash out at me because she does something. <laughs> she goes, well, I did that for you. I never asked her to do it for me. But what happens is that when you kind of do things for other people and not for yourself, when you don't get the end result that you want, you tend to get hurt from it. Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? Because the, and the crappy situation about that is that you can't control how other people feel about stuff that you do for them. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't get that end result, you get hurt because you did it for them, even though the end result is, is it's a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You shouldn't. And, it's hard. I don't want to expect that. But I'm expecting something. Exactly. So like when you give, you give out of the goodness of your heart. Whatever the end reaction is, that just is what it is. Yeah. It's happened that we mentioned on the podcast when we would travel and she would do these itineraries. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to experience together. We'll see if we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't like it, she took it as I failed. Mm-hmm. When really in my mind, I'm like, no, we just didn't like it. It's, it's, it's yeah. what is what it is. Let's give it a try. Thumbs up or thumbs down. But for me, I'm like, I hope everything's thumbs up. Yeah. That's my expectation. If it's thumb down, I'm like, damn. Which is unrealistic for her, right? It's a, it's an yes. expectation that she sets for herself that has a high probability of failing and it hurts like it's something personal. Yes. And my therapist has told me recently, be kind to yourself, Mary. <laughs> that was the first thing she taught me earlier this year. And then now I'm like, You're, we're circling back again. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. And I think like one of the things that she has to deal with a lot is her giving a lot to people and then people not understanding that it's draining her, right? And so when I talk about this, and I talk about this consistently when it comes to friendships, Mm -hmm. um, people confuse friendships with people who use them, right? And I don't mean to say this, that people do this on purpose in a malicious way. It's just that sometimes we also forget that great, in my personal opinion, great friendships are reciprocal. Mm -hmm. We both gain something from this. Mm -hmm. It's not monetary. It's not something. It's but it's it's some type of support. It's some type of bond or connection that you feel to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And that's beyond just bonding through tragedy. Mm. It's it's something bigger than that, right? I think with her, when people kind of unload their emotional baggage on her, she wants to listen. She wants to help. She wants to be for there for this person, but. When you start your relationship off as somebody's quote unquote therapist, that's where your friendship lies. I, I, I've I've had this happen multiple times to me because I want to listen, and you know, me being being a youth yeah. pastor. I remember you coming back being so drained, and you would tell me that so and so just talked about their life and their trouble, and I seen you so many times. I was like, again, different person this time, and you seem so defeated. It's it's not even just like defeated. It it helps it helped me reevaluate what my position is in this person's life. Uh, Are we friends or am I here just to listen to your problems? When does this person call me up? Mm. This person only calls me up when they're running away from their husband. Yeah. When they're <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they're running away from their husband, when they're running away from their wife, when they have issues or problems, that's the only time you call me. And then when we walk away, I give you all this these pearls of wisdom or I give you my ear, my shoulder to cry on, everything else like that. But when it what happens is like if I need that same thing, I can't get it from this person. Mm. I there's it's not there's no Recipro- you get paid for that then. Yeah, something. I don't, I don't like it, just something. Like, yeah. The, the, this person just comes into my life, takes and takes and takes, and they think that we're on equal ground. We're not on equal ground. Mm-hmm. You have taken and taken and taken. And then when it comes for me where I need something, you have nothing to offer me. So what happens is I, I'm more like your parental figure. I'm your emotional tampon, as I call it, <laughs> where I just take all your emotions in and I get tossed to the side. <laughs> and that's really what it is. I'm your utility. I'm your tool for your emotions. And then you get to walk away feeling better while I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing in a malicious way, but 
Like this person, I had to cut out because that is the basis of all their relationships. Is that how it started? When I look back at it, yeah. That is how our relationship or what I seemingly thought was us becoming stronger. What happened was that this person would enter my life and then complain about all the terrible stuff that was happening in their marriage, their relationship or whatever. And I would give them advice. I would give them a shoulder to cry on. They would walk away and they would disappear and come back again whenever they wanted to complain. And it's like, oh, we're actually not friends. I am here just to support you emotionally. You take from me and you walk away. And this person too, by the way, all all her relationships are like that. All you his relationships are like that too. You don't think that friend would have accepted you if you came around and said, I need to talk. For what? No, what I'm saying is I have nothing to gain from them. I can't tell them about my problems. They have nothing, no advice to give me. Mm. Their shit is always in shambles. Because mm. I'm wondering from their point of view, you could have been like, it's give and take. Like I do this, but then you're more than welcome to do this for me. But then from your point of view is that, well, I can't because you can't relate to me. I can't get your advice because you're not in a good place. Yeah. And they're never in a good place. Right. Or I never know when they are in a good place because they don't ever share good things that happen in their life. Do you see what I'm saying? So I have no gauge Mm -hmm. to see, okay, is this person in a good state? So we we could talk about maybe my issues or maybe we could talk about something good or happy because every conversation that you have with them, it has to do with them. They are the center of the universe. And then if you try to talk about your stuff, they somehow wrap it back around to them. It's like, um, how did you do that? How did you wooshu this conversation <laughs> where we're supposed to relate about our issues? Yeah. And then it's just right back to you again. And like I said, even with this person, like you look at their relationships now, no friends, absolutely no friends. And like for me, drawing that boundary has been the best thing I've ever done. Now in this person's mind, they think I'm an asshole. They think that, oh, um, that I'm just up and gone, that I don't care. But it's like, you have to look at the history. Like who are your friends? You have yeah. no friends. You have nobody around you that's, and every time that somebody feels like you overwhelm them with your problems because all you do is emotionally dump on everybody and they feel like it's too much, you call them assholes. You say that they're, they're. See, I don't want to be that person, which is why I'm saying like, I am these days hesitant to reach out to friends to like, usually I'll be like, Hey, let's go and get coffee and catch up. But I'm, I hesitate to do that because I feel like I'm in that position of like, I feel like all I'm going to give is just negative energy. I think there are people in your life that you can do that with as long as you balance it out with other things. Is the is your relationship predicated on you guys complaining? It's like the same idea that when uh, people think that they can gain friendships by talking shit about somebody else. It's like they get a common enemy, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've seen this too. This person used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. They try to straight create a strong uh, bond between um, their, failing, their failing marriage by creating uh, a, a common enemy. And so they felt like their relationship was getting better when they would talk shit about somebody else. And I was like, ah, that doesn't really work out because when that common, common, common enemy is dead, you guys are just, all, all, you yeah. guys are just left with nothing. yourself now. Yeah. You're left with nothing. And that's what happens. The common enemy is gone no, and the problems are I still there. I mean, that's why I, I mean, that's, that is the reason why I can't go. I, I'm, I'm nervous about reaching out is because we don't talk about negative. You know, I was reading. We talk about problems, but yeah, not negative. I was reading. I forgot what I read. It was like some kind of psych. It was a, it was a psych paper basically on the 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 initial way that humans bond is through Remorse. common interest or oh. common hate. Yeah, and I think the strongest one was common hate. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a lot easier to bond. It's sure. a lot easier to bond over an enemy that you hate together because yep. you guys can gripe about them and whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
You don't have to really be careful of how what you say yeah. because it's all like, yes, hate that person. It's the same reason why people love being the gossip person. Yes. Right? They love dishing out information because they want to be the source of that information. It makes them feel super important. It makes, yes. you know, and then people come to them to hear more shit. Yes. So they feel like they're 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 the shit. That's so corporate. Like you know, with I think adult I, I life a, too. Yeah. I had an employee like that and I had to warn her about her behaviors of doing that type of stuff and mm-hmm. I had to call her out on that. I was like, "Hey, you are becoming a person in this company." Um, that's not very trustworthy, mm. not because your work is bad, but because you have a bad habit of telling other people's business because that's how you're trying to gain friendships. Mm. I was like, by the way, everybody knows this about you. They may not say it to you, but I will, mm. you know? And at first, you know, she got defensive and then, but I broke it down to her. I was like, the reason why you're over here saying, oh, this person is, I don't know why, is because they found out the things that you were saying about them when they gave you personal information that you should not have told to other people, mm-hmm. Right. And I know that we all do that. We all tell like small little tidbits of tough to our close and best friends and they have to keep it quiet. I'm pretty sure all of us do that. We're all guilty of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this person would have a habit of telling everybody that person's personal business when they entrusted the stuff that they should have kept secret. I would never do that. That's it's same in like work environment too. When I started uh, working in adult environment, I guess, um, I've been advised like be careful with gossip groups. And yes. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what do you mean? Um, and sure enough, you could see there's like a group of hens just clucking. <laughs> yeah. And then just looking with those eyes and talking about it and getting all their information of like what's happening. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And like in one way, people actually get attracted to that group because they want to know what's happening. A lot of the time it's about, you know, who's leaving, who's getting promoted, who's having like interaction with someone, you know, it's just… They, they thrive off that they stuff. They thrive, but also kind of like utilize that to see how they can climb up the ladder or like who is the right people that they should, you know, be nice to. Who are the people they should not be like, don't need to have to be, don't have to be nice to. So when I found out, I was like, man, this is bad. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I just want to be happy. And so I ended up just kind of doing my own thing. And sure enough, something about it. That group started like reaching out to me. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, oh, do you want to join me? I'm like, no, I don't want to join this group. But thanks for the info. Hop out. And those who are not in there tend to, they end up becoming my friends, right? Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that they asked me is like, you look very happy, which I miss. This was (laughs) pre-COVID. It's like, wow, you look so happy. What do you do? And I was like, I just enjoy my life. I really don't want to get involved in this negative gossip world. And I just want to do what I want to do. And because once you get in, sucked into that, it feels almost like a cult. You have certain things that you have to report back or like you have to share this like information. Yeah, you, well, you feel like you have to add to the pot of shit. Yeah. Or else they'll kick you out or they'll talk shit about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like mean girls. Well, so That's what I'm talking about. Like these… These… Yeah toxic relationships that people build they think they're friendships they're not yeah it's all predicated on one simple thing like that friendship that i have with this person right she would take take and take her idea of friendship is oh this person is always going to be here for me i can't say the same back to you so is it a friendship is it reciprocal are are we friends or am i just somebody around for you to be there so you can dump your emotions on me 
This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friends, a longtime sponsor. For those of you who don't know what Skillshare is, it's an online learning community that offers membership with real meaning. And guess what? It's the support of fellow creatives on these classes that empowers you to accomplish real growth. I love my Skillshare classes. And if you want to know the class that I'm taking right now is actually something that's been helping me grow my plants. Indoor gardening, grow house plants, veggies, and herbs with Ektashadri. And guess what? My plants are bussing. They're blooming and they haven't died on me. And I've been buying more plants because now I feel confident. All this stuff has been great, great, great classes. And I got to tell you, amazing, super easy to learn. And I don't need to search for hours for the information when it's right there on the Skillshare classes. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash brain and get a one month free trial of premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. So we're not friends, actually. Mm -hmm. I am your unpaid therapist. I am your emotional tampon. You're going to throw me away. And look what happened when I disagreed with maybe things that she said or disagreed with, you know, lifestyles or whatever, or disagreed with what he said too. They cut me out. And I'm like, cool. Makes sense now. I get it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that person, no matter what they do, Mm -hmm. I'm forever going to be an enemy in their head. Mm -hmm. But. When you look at it from the outside perspective, if you ask all the, the the whatever, 30 or 40 or how many people they met in their life, it's like, how is it that everybody else that you met, that you quote unquote cut out, says the same thing about you, but you say different things about everybody else? So there's a common thing involved here. You're the piece of shit. So, and like I said, I don't think there's a malicious intent. There's probably a lot of trauma and other shit behind it. Why? That's why I don't hold any ill intent. But it's sad when I look at it. It's like, you will never have friends. Because you don't know what it's like to, you know what it's like to receive things from a friend, but you don't know how to be a friend. Mm. You know, you see friendship, but you don't know how to be a friend. I see. And being a friend requires work. It's a relationship. It is. Just like our stuff. Like we're in love. This is a relationship. It requires work. Friendships require that same amount of work too. Mm-hmm. But when a friendship is good, it feels effortless, but there's still effort. Oh, yeah. You know, my best friend, we still call each other on the phone. He lives all the way out in New York. It takes, we, 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 and even if we don't talk all the time, all that effort that we put in was in the first like 10 years of our friendship. So now it's solid. So now we know that when we continue with our lives, we're doing our other things. When we reconnect, it's super fun and we get it, but it took work for us to build that relationship. Having that connection when you're so far away and you come back and see each other and it feels like you just met yesterday. I think that's, I love that feeling. It's, I feel like. When that happens, it's like we have a solid friendship. Mm-hmm. That's what it, at least to me, that's what it is. If it comes around and it's like, oh, hey, hey, and you don't really have a, much to talk about, I, that's like alerting for me. Like, I think we've grown apart. Friendships are sacred to me. That's why I dislike it when somebody calls me their friend and I'm not their friend. It actually irritates the fuck out of me. You have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances and I have like a lot of like surface friends, right? Which means that we can have a good time when we see each other. Mm. But you see them in my house. They don't get invited to my house. Those That's a very select amount of people that I invite over for a meal. They could share and they, and, you, and they get to meet you and have a good conversation with. But a lot of the times they don't really come into this circle though. What if you go out and see them? I, I could go out and see them because I could choose to be around them. And I, by the way, when people say this, when, when I say this, I mean, I know it sounds kind of harsh, but this is the reality of the situation. You have acquaintances, you have surface level friends, you have homies, and then you have the homie homies, right? I've learned to categorize these people in my life. Mm -hmm. So 
there are people right now where I meet them. It's always fun. It's always a good time. But they're not my really close friends though. Mm. Like 80% of them aren't going to be at the wedding. You know? What would you consider close friends? Is it like the longevity or… It's longevity because longevity… If I… No, that's not true. Longevity is just a small piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's the reciprocated relationship. If I could tell them anything and not have them use it against me, if they could tell me anything and not use it against them… we can disagree without fighting. Um, I know that this person will always be there for me when I need them. Those are the people that I keep in my life, right? Because a lot of the times when you say you have close, when you, when you mention your close friends, you also mention as your reason why they're close friends is because you have known them for X amount of time. It's not the reason why they are. That's not, I think it's the other way around, right? I keep them around for this long because they're my close friends. Not because they've been around for long, they are my close friends. It's the other way. They've been around for a very long time because of the stuff that we've been through, how we've developed our relationship, how much they've helped me, how much I've helped them. I could bring them around my family. I can bring them around my friends. Like, for example, Joe. I've now known Joe for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Joe Jitsukawa, right? Mm -hmm. Joe is somebody that is my close, close, close friend. Mm -hmm. When he has, when he brings Hannah into this world, his girlfriend, um, I see their relationship. I see that he loves and he cares about her. I said, hey, when you're in Sacramento, you guys can stay at my parents' house. Oh, yeah, they did. That is a friend, mm-hmm. right? I can bring you in front of my parents because I trust you. I trust that you can be in this house. I trust that you'll be respectful to my parents and you'll be respectful to my family. Mm-hmm. Those are my tight bonds that I really hold close to. There's a lot of people in this world, and, it, and it's harsh when you hear when I, when I say this. There's a lot of people in this world, you fucking die, I could care less. Like, just because we had a couple of good interactions doesn't mean that we're friends. It means that we're good acquaintances. And it's okay for you to call me a good acquaintance too. You don't have to take it personally. That just is what it is. If we spend time with each other, we start sharing meals, we start bonding really close, something happens there, then you become a close friend. For example, Nick is now a really, really close friend. Mm-hmm. Right? But it took him, what, four years? I've known him four years now. Um. But we bonded really quick. But even in his case too, it's like there's something reciprocal about this. Mm. You know, um, not just the the fact that he was my personal trainer because he helped me lose weight and all that other stuff. We always have a good time. We we could talk about our shit. We could think about our ideas and things are great. Like I know for a fact if he's in trouble, I'd be there for him in a second. And if it was the other way around, I know he'd do the same for me. Right, Not because of something that he could gain from me, not because of some social clout that he could gain. It's simply because we enjoy each other's presence and that's it. Is that a lot on your mind when you make friends? No, because I don't care to make new friends. When you start seeing… Let's just say you meet new people and… Oh, like in a social… Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? Like there's a kid that I met. Um, Like he looked up to me a lot. Right? And like he's successful out in this space too, like in the entertainment space too. And I could just smell his desperation about how bad he wanted to be in my friend circle. And it's like, mm. no, you don't get to be in my friend circle just because you looked up to me. Mm. That, that, like that's years and years of, of work. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh. Like the fact that you think you have ownership of my friendship and my time simply because you know, I did something in this entertainment space that influenced your life. I appreciate it, but you are not my friend and I should not be your friend either. Mm. And I, this person got hurt because 
like I heard through other people that like, oh yeah, like he's super mad at you. Like, because he follows you and you didn't follow him back after you guys met. I'm like, what am I, a fucking 13 year old? You stupid <laughs> bitch. Like the fuck? I don't know you. I don't care. And there's pe- there's close friends too that I, I didn't even know that I wasn't even following them on Instagram. Cause I just don't care. Look at my fucking Instagram. It looks like shit. Do, do I have an aesthetic to it? Do I have anything? I just post whenever the fuck I want. You know, and you and I are the same page on that. Exactly. Like we don't, we don't really put that much love and thought into our Instagram. Like it's no. just, it is what it is. And so, yeah. you know, this person felt that we were friends after meeting once. And this person, somebody who likes to fuck on the first date, that person will forever, ever develop false relationships unless they fix that habit because they're doing a, an extreme version of your previous habit of expecting something for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I met this person who's my hero. We had a good interaction. We should be best friends. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> Says who? Yeah. The fact that you true. think that you have ownership of my emotions simply because we met each other is fucking stupid. And in fact, you're you're overstepping your boundaries and it makes me dislike you a lot. I have similar feelings, but at the same time, different because I am it's it's not people's fault, but sometimes I get I guard I put my guard up when there are folks who instantly become very like chingane, very close to me physically and also wanting to get close to me. And I think it's because of my experience when I was a kid where like, you know, a student, a random girl will come up to me like, let's be best friends. And they kind of do bad shit to you. And then they're a backstabber. So anything when they want to like, all of a sudden become BFFs or like they think that we're good friends out of nowhere, I freak out. And it's not because they have bad intention. Like, I don't know you, but at the same time, I'm like, whoa, get off my Well, I wonder if people agree, right? And this is for people who have developed bad relationships over time and learned how to cut them out. Mm. One of the, the signs that I dislike a lot, and I could be wrong, but this is just from my personal experience, is when I meet somebody and they spill all their dirty secrets to me, mm. I immediately walk away. Mm. There is something odd to me for somebody telling you these personal thoughts that you should be telling somebody that you should, that somebody you just met. Yeah. And because, and it goes back to that thing where I say, where people try to bond over trauma and they try to bond over negative yeah. things. Yeah. And that's a bad sign for me because I agree. there's this idea and this is how I feel. I'm not sure there's, this is just from my personal experience mm. of if that is the anchor point of our friendship where I'm here to therapize you and to listen to your emotions, this is where our relationship will start. And I don't see where the growth is going to be mm. because now you feel a close bond to me. Once again, like that one girl, you now feel a close bond to me because I listen to your problems, mm-hmm. right? But can I do it back to you? Are you going to be there for me? Because now I feel like my position's here and your position's here. And this is what our relationship is now. It's, oh, I feel stressed. I can now call David so I can talk about my problems. <laughs> Thank you. I feel great. <laughs> can I do the same to you? Probably not. Mm. You might. And what's, what's and yeah, I, Yeah. You know? I had a similar experience. Now that I, like, it just popped in my head. I totally forgot about this experience in college. Uh, when I went to, so I went to University of San Diego. Oh, I should not say that, but I went to a school. That's fine. That's, <laughs> um, how many years ago? Was that? Yeah, and it was majority of it was non-Asian, so there was a very small group of Asians, right? And I come from 
like 80% Asian popularity. So when I went to that school, I felt very outcasted and just didn't know how to socialize with these Barbies and Kens. And uh, I met a friend. She was Asian and we became good friends. Like she kept coming over to my dormitory. We like hung out. Like we had a lot of things in common. And then she started like sleeping over as well and talking a lot about her stuff. And I was just there listening. Well, towards the end of it, uh, end of that semester, another friend of mine was watching this. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know about this girl. She seems a little bit off. And I was like, oh, I think she's a good girl. Like, you know, I think she's cool. Well, at the end of the semester, (laughs) I remember this. I was so pissed at her. I don't know why. But I was so pissed at her that for some reason, I had her mattress and her bed sheets in my room. So I tossed that over on the second floor to the first floor (laughs) outside in the balcony because she wouldn't pick it up. So I was like, fuck this. And I tossed it out. I remember that. So what happened? I don't know. I never saw her again. She never picked up her mattress? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. She never She never came around to pick it up. So I tossed it out. I'm like, go fucking pick it up. But where did she go? I don't know. I never saw her after that. What the fuck? She, did she exist? <laughs> I don't know. I re- like I, I truly don't know. Because after that, I didn't go to that school. So I, you know, I left that school. So mm. I never saw her again. And nor do I want to see her again. Yeah. But do you see like how that, how that happens? And by the way, too, this is not a blueprint for all your relationships. You, you, There's no. probably a lot of people out there who might have developed good relationships after that. Maybe that person felt better and they, they started helping you out, too. I do have that. But yes, that I, I absolutely agree. This is just personal experience. But my guard is that if I feel like we're going to get close very fast in a short period of time, that's where I kind of put my guard up and like, I'm not sure if this is going to be a safe thing to do. There's so many people that I've met that said that same phrase, right? Where they <gasps> go, oh, really? where they're like, I met person and we got close super fast. And then a year later, they're not friends anymore. Yeah. Well, because... You didn't build and it's that the, It's not to say that you can't. That it doesn't. There's not a success story in that. But when you connect with somebody super hard in the beginning, you're kind of going based. It's like the it's like the uh, the honeymoon stage in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You see everything through rose colored glasses. You don't know if you have the wherewithal, or the strength to take all this person's bullshit because you haven't seen the, the demons yeah. that this person has yet. So when they say stuff like, "Oh, I can't believe this person did that to me." What do you mean you can't believe? You didn't know this person. Mm. You don't know this person at all. So what, what can't you believe? Mm. This is a stranger that you connected with super fast over a singular topic, a singular subject, maybe a common enemy thing where you hated that same person. Mm. So how do you know this person? You don't know this person at all. It's okay for you to enjoy people's presence. It's okay and a good idea to have a great time with them. I don't think it's a smart choice to go ahead and let that person in your inner circle and know everything about you when you don't know that person at all. What if that person lets you in and their inner soul? I think it's still too much. I think that we should get to know each other slowly and then see what happens. Because there's going to be stuff that you know about me that you're not going to like. Now, let's just see if you're going to be able to stick around. It's, I think the variance that's different here is the fact that you are someone who stays in one location for a really long time. Me, I move around so much that that time. You used to though. I used to. Yeah. Now I'm definitely more. 
I've never stayed in one location for this long, by the way. It's driving me nuts sometimes. But um, in the past, I have moved around so much. Like even after college too. Like living in Korea. I'm just thinking about this one friend that I got so close that I actually met her parents and we had dinner together. And mm. she also met my dad. Who, he came over to visit. Um, and we all loved each other. We we're just like happy family, good friends. Like we really enjoyed each other's presence. And then out of nowhere, she started flaking out. Like would mm. not accept my call, blah, blah, blah. And then the day that I was leaving Korea, she messaged me. And I was so upset. Do you know what happened? Why nope. she did that? Nope. Till this day, I don't know. But see, see how weird that shit is, though. And that these are the little experiences where now it um, these data that I have of my experience and the cycle, same cycles that I've been having, is now where my guard comes up. It's like you don't get to be so close to me so fast. There are people like that yeah, at work. Like I, I think the way that we phrase things sounds really harsh. Like, I think that's normal though. I think it's a good idea to develop strong bonds over time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think strong bonds take time. It takes, it takes a lot of trials and tribulations for you to really figure out if you want to be around somebody or if you really like who this person is, you don't, you don't know these people, you yeah, know, it does take time. So like I'm saying these fast, quick bonds are great. I enjoy them. There are people I met I fuck with instantly. Like, yo, I fuck with that person. But somebody asked me, hey, man, is that your friend? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, we're cool. I say we're cool. There's nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong with saying somebody's cool. There's nothing wrong with saying that you have a, you're an acquaintance. There's none of that shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I just think that people just sometimes take it so wrong. They go, oh, we had a good time. Why aren't we friends? Because it takes time to be friends. Don't throw that word around so fucking easy. That's why I keep my friends for a very, very long time. Is it weird that I think maybe that's just me being nice? I'm like, I really appreciate that you think we're friends. Like, no, I that's appreciate nice. it. I appreciate yeah. it too. Those who I don't think that we're friends, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. You really think that much of me? Yeah. But then I'm like, do you though? <laughs> I think it's just for them, they just like the quick bond and the friendship stuff. And it could be a definition difference. Yeah, but- that's true. But yeah. you know, um, yeah. it's it's like when somebody I just I just dislike it so much, like because of the negative experiences that I think a lot of people have dealt yeah. with. It's not about them; it's about yourself. Like oh, I'm sure. doing this for myself. I'm trying to protect myself not to get hurt yeah. again. So and once don't again, get it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that I dislike them. Yeah, it, it just yeah. means that we're just not there yet. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're a homie. You oh, it's like is oh, homie yeah. a friend to you? What's homie? Homie sounds like good friends. Oh, a homie is different. Like homie, there's like, there's like acquaintances. There's like casual friends. Then there's the homie and there's the homie, homie. Then where's friends? Just friends. I, th- I think friends <laughs> might be homies. Friends and homies are the same thing. Oh. That's a friend. That's a homie. And then there's like the homie, homie, which, you know, there's a handful of people yeah. like that. There's like in LA, it's what? Joe, Bart. You're going to list it out now? I don't think you should list it out. You have too many friends. No, I'm talking about homie homies. There's Joe, Bart, Khalif. Is homie just men? Typically for me, it's guys. Oh, Gio. You know, Joe, Bart, Gio, Khalif, um, Tim. 
Mm-hmm. Ray doesn't count because I've known Ray since I was a little kid. Like Ray to me is like family. He's like a brother. What about your high school friends then? Well, I said here, LA. Oh, like, but would you consider that family or homie? What do you call that? Like to me, like the homie are the people like I die for them. You know what I mean? Uh, That's okay. like my buddy Will, Gabo. You still have Phoebe. a lot. I don't have that many. Well, you uh, you weren't around enough. Well, that yeah, I think like Phoebe, I've been I've I've been friends with her since we were in high school. Gabo, I've been friends with since high school. He's my best friend. Like Will, known him since high school. He used to wake me up in the morning to go to school so I wouldn't fail. Wait, you known them only since high school? Since high school, yeah. I that was longer. Mm-mm, since high school. Well, you know, I'm 33 now, so it's like. Being around these guys. I mean, I've been around since high school. I don't have any friends like that since high school. Becky, what are you talking about? Becky's middle school. That's great. That's even longer. Yeah. But I'm saying like you have a whole group of friends. But that that group was even bigger. But now like the ones that I make sure that I see all the time are people that we see a single. Yeah. And, you know, and there's like the big friend group from Sacramento, too. When I see them, it's all good, too. But these people specifically hold a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Like William, Gabo and Phoebe. I like how you can list them now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's good. Oh, yeah. That's good for you. Yeah. So like when like I remember when Phoebe had her when Phoebe had her first son, that shit. Made me tear up a little bit, you know, because I've known her for so long. Like she's somebody that I genuinely, genuinely care about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I see her kids, her kids are like my nephews. Like I, I love those kids to death. And I've only seen them like two or three times, mm-hmm. you know, but those kids are a family to me. I love those kids. Do you guys all hang out together or is this all separate? Uh, we typically hang out together. Mm-hmm. Do you think that also helps with the friendship? No, it's just, it's different. Like there's trials and tribulations that we had to go through, like being through their relationships and everything else like that. Like whenever we see each other, like the idea that somebody used to wake me up to go to school makes me forever indebted to them. You know, William used to walk to my school, walk to my house and I wouldn't be awake and he would wake me up so I could go to school. What a nice guy. I graduated high school because of him, you know, you owe him his your life. You know, like Gobble has been there for me every step of the way. Phoebe, oh, so individually you had like special relationships. Oh, you know, sometimes special. if it's a group, like you're there because it's a group. Something, and Phoebe too, like we've, we've been friends for so long. We'd be able to joke around and just kind of, she always allowed me to be myself. And by the way, in high school, she hated me too, by the way. She hated my fucking guts. Oh, how did you guys become friends? And why did she hate what, you? The things that she hated about me started to become funny. Oh. Because she was very serious about her academia and I was a class clown. So it was uh, two separate people. Yeah. She's like, why the fuck are you even in AP class? I was like, I don't even know what AP class is. <laughs> I'm here because my parents made me. You can't be in AP class because your parents made you. Yeah, they made me sign all the papers. I don't know what the fuck AP classes were. Dude, so different. I worked so hard to get my AP classes and try to freaking pass. I don't know any of that shit. And I remember when they're like, oh, you're going to take the AP test. I was like, what the fuck is an AP test? Oh my god! Like, oh, you can get college credit. I'm like, I'm not gonna pass this shit, and I failed every single one. Really, you did? Yeah, I failed all of them. I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck any of that stuff was. I what? It, what would you do if you had a kid like you? I wouldn't I, know how to deal with it because I'm a very be, self sufficient person when it comes to school. I don't know. Honestly, I would just figure out what their strengths are. Right. My my thing is too. I would just want them to always try their best. If they're not trying their best, I'm gonna have a fucking issue. You know, like going to school, you wouldn't, you would, you wouldn't be up to go to school. 
What was your reason for that? Because you don't want to go to school? I just didn't want to go to school. Yeah. So what if your kid's like that too? Then we have to talk about different forms of education. It's like, cool. Well, my parents never talked to me though. They never told me why school was important. They never told me why I needed school. It was just, if you go to school, you need it. You'll get a great job. But they didn't talk to me about what I wanted to do. They didn't know me. They didn't know me at all. But- I think that generation, a lot of. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving them shit. I'm. You. Yeah. You were asking me what I would do with my kid. I'm hoping that I would know my child enough. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Because I, you know, my parents couldn't be around for me. They were working eighty hours mm. a fucking week. My dad was a pastor, and he ran a full business. My mom couldn't drive. She doesn't speak English. He had so much shit on his plate. There was no way he was going to get to know me. He didn't have time to. Hopefully, now that I'm in, you know, I am since I'm first generation, our, our kid's going to be a second second. Well, Mike, our kid will be a second gen, a second gen uh, Asian. I'm hoping that he or she would have a great relationship with me, where we can speak and I could talk, and I'll know how they feel about things, what they want to do, what their dreams are. What if they are in their what do you call it, rebellious stage? Then they don't want to talk to you. No, like, I don't want to go. To well, they got to talk to somebody. <laughs> like so I'll say scared. this though, like my one of my close friends. She's a lot older. You know, Sylvia, their, kid, their kids went their rebellious stage too, but they still talk to each other. They had their moments where they were emotional, screaming and yelling, but they did open up and they did have conversations and stuff. I hope our kids could be like that. There's some, you know, I've been watching some crazy shows of, or it's it's actually a very good show. It's But it's, they bring really crazy kids. It's this Korean therapy show where they bring a citizens with a family that has trouble with kids and they record them and they're horrible. I think a lot of people too. <laughs> like I don't have kids myself. So who knows? I could be talking out of my ass. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff too where, you know, the parents need to take responsibility for that stuff. Because there's a lot of stuff that we don't see behind these doors. About oh how no, they to totally them. see it. That's what the therapists yeah. do. They're like, it's… It's, it's not how- a kid problem. It's you. It's a you as a parent but problem. It could be both. It's yeah. just like you don't understand your kid's issue. So you're not interacting properly where they could give you the right answer or like able to open up. It's just, it's not their, they're not doing bad. They're just not doing the right. They're not taking the right action, but it's not their fault. No, I don't. I don't think mm -hmm. it's their fault. They don't know. That's why they come and ask for help. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's, it's just difficult, but I can only hope for the best. And like, like, you know, we all, we are all going to make judgments about how people raise their kids. And I think now where I'm at the stage too, where, there's friends and I see them have their kids. And now I have to think about, do I want their, do, uh, do I want their, want their kids around <laughs> my kids? There's a whole nother, yeah, another level other issue of too that. Now. It's like, do I want your kids around my Dude, kids? Dude, adult stress is like no joke. There's just so much shit to think about. Because I know like, I, di- I didn't understand what my parents were going through when they were like, ah, I don't want to hang out with these people because I don't like their kids and they don't want them to be around you. And now I get it. I get it. Yeah. Because there'll be a bad influence on you. And I've seen it happen multiple times. Where that they were hanging out with somebody and that kid that was their friend, they had a fucking shit kid. They influenced the other kids to do fucking bad shit. Oh, do drugs and do all this other stuff. And this happened multiple times. So now I get it. But then don't you want your kid also to be aware of these situations? No, I mean, they're going to go to school and they're going to see all this stuff and hopefully we'll have conversations about it. But if I could choose to not put my kid around somebody like that, Mm. then I'm going to choose that option not to. Mm. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, that it seems like a whole nother level of stress that I'm just like I don't know if I could handle. I could barely handle myself right now. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Um, oh, you didn't end that well. I said something. You're like, mm, 
Well, that's it, folks. <laughs> well, you, I thought you were just kind of thinking out loud. I didn't know that you wanted to respond. What you could say is, don't worry, you'll do fine. Well, guys, <laughs> that's, the, that's a wrap for Genius Brain Podcast. I know you'll podcast. do fine. You'll do God great. Goddamn, this, this guy, he can't, he, he's not even listening. He's like, well, guys, thank you. Well, I didn't, it's I okay. Didn't. I told myself, this is what I have to do. Telling myself... You'll be okay. I didn't know that you wanted that to be answered. I thought you were just thinking out loud. Whatever. I thought you were just thinking out loud. Whatever. You do that a lot, though. Whoa. Think out loud. You do that all the time. That's what I need to do, or else I'll Dude, boil. I, I'm literally talking about. So we were in Glendale. <laughs> I thought we were done. No, we're not, we're not ending this podcast because I need to defend <laughs> myself for a second. Defend yourself on what? One time we were walking in Glendale, and this is only the one example I can remember, but this has happened multiple times. Sure. We're walking and then she starts mumbling off to herself, right? And I'm like, what's up? And she goes, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to myself. I'm like, cool. And then we start walking and then she starts mumbling again. And she goes, hello, I'm talking to you. I'm like, okay, how the fuck am I supposed to know if you're asking questions to yourself or you're asking questions to me? You and she what? goes, and what did you say? I can't. You're just supposed to know. <laughs> You know why? Okay, you know why I do that? Partially, that's just who I am. But the other part of me is because you're always on your phone or preoccupied. I am not always or you're on my not phone. listening hey. to me. No, 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 well, no. Well, guys, that's the end no, no. of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ending this podcast. It's not that I'm always on my And you know for a fact I'm not always on my phone. I had the screen time to prove it. So, what when you were in Hawaii? Oh no, my god! Don't even no, do that, David. No, 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 no! That, you David. guys are ridiculous. You oh, know why? So she always stupid. thinks I'm on my phone because I swipe my phone to check my crypto. No, <laughs> then, it's not. I see you. You're on your Instagram. You're on Twitter. You're on my average screen time blah, a day blah, blah. two hours. That was in Hawaii, most. by by the way. At it was not It's two hours. Nice try, dude. You the the, you the data what? says otherwise. We'll circle the back statistic in a month. And the data says otherwise. That? You don't know in anything. I will fist fight you. <laughs> you want right to bet? Let's bet on what this. What do you want to bet on? I bet you have more screen time than I do. Stupid. I bet. Well, that's that could be true. Yeah, because in I'm your face. My phone. Don't talk to me about who's on the phone. I'm actually. She's w- on the phone way too much, dude. All she, I use my phone for work. So. No, 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 no. She uses her phone for her Instagram reels. All I hear is swipe some video, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> swipe. Oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> swipe, dude. This dance is so cool. Oh my god, did you see? I'm like, oh my word. This is why he doesn't talk to me. And that's why I got to talk to myself. But sometimes I just need response like that. I okay. Like I said, I'm like, oh my I God. I don't know whether you're saying things out loud for a thought or if you're asking me a question. That's what's confusing about you. Why you got to sit like that and raise your Because voice. you're making me melt. <laughs> Why am I making you melt? Am I too hot? Huh? I'm sorry. No, because you're giving me heat for no reason. For <laughs> stuff that you know that you, you have weird habits with. You already know that. You know you're marrying to a person with weird habits. I know. So you know this about yourself. So you can't ask me why I don't know when you're talking but to I'm me. I'm doing podcasts. I'm not yeah, thinking but when out you ask, loud. I feel like when you, we'll, we'll look back at the footage <laughs> and see where your eyes are at. Because I feel like when you asked, you were like, <laughs> this is kind of off to the side. I'm always doing that. Then how the fuck is somebody supposed to know if you're talking to well, them? Well, that's why we're doing podcasts. We're talking to each other. So if I look up there, I'm still talking to you. No, it's not. Excuse people, me. People can, can I ask. I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then go back to a conversation. Well, sure. Whatever. You, anyone can make their own opinions on this. The point is, I well, want guys, to. Well, guys, this wraps up this episode <laughs> of the Genius Brain Podcast. I am your host, David So. Ew, this is my. it's wet. Huh? It's not wet. It's cold and clammy. That's different. <laughs> 
your feet against no. mine. Do it now. Gross. Do it now. Go. No, put it against mine. No, no put it against no. mine. Do it no. now. Do it now. I don't want your. You have to. It's, it's not so wet. It's clampy. We're not. We're not going to end this podcast unless you touch my feet. Touch my feet. No. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> touch my feet. No, you don't have my consent. Touch my feet. You don't. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Here, touch my feet. Only if you admit. What? That you didn't respond. And that you could say, I said, I it's said, okay. I said I didn't respond. It's, it's there. Evidence is there. Oh, we're just going to start calling people out? Mm-hmm. I don't have any boxers on right now <laughs> because <laughs> you... <laughs> Why? Because of me? Yes, because of you. Is your boxers inventory dependent on me? Yes, it is. Oh my God. You know the deal. I buy the laundry detergent. I cook. You know the laundry detergent we're using right now? I bought it. Huh? Yeah, I bought, in no, your no, you face, David. No, 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 no. You didn't have to buy it. I bought laundry detergent. What do you mean? I bought it first I buy because the we laundry didn't have detergent. any. I buy the cleaning supplies. You bought supplies. it after. I, we did it. We needed it and it wasn't right? there. I help around the house. I clean the backyard. I do all the stuff. I cook and I buy the groceries. And your deal is that you're supposed to help with laundry <laughs> and you haven't been doing it. And now I'm underwearless. My ball sack is <laughs> no on this chair. And you don't care. No one asked you to use all your boxers within three days. I do it, it was once not a week, three every weekend. Days. You I, did this last week too. You have not. You been, weren't even around last week. You have week. not been working on you your were- end of the deal. You know what? I've been working so good on my end of the deal that I even got you food at, before I left, so you wouldn't starve. <laughs> You know the trade-off. I cook. I clean the back area. I make things nice. I buy the food. I buy the detergent household products. And you just have to help me with the laundry. And now look at me. Ball sack out. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are we really calling it all out? (laughs) It's so breezy in here. Oh, my gosh. Now you have clean boxers on the bed. That I had to do myself. No, I'm sorry. I, ha- I had to cook. This this clean. this woman is so busy. No, can't, can't keep what up. What the with hell that. are you talking about, lady? You were laying down next to a fire that I made for you. I literally made you a fire. Yeah, yeah. What is this? <laughs> What, ha- what happened here? Here's the thing, though. Everything that you mentioned, you like to do it. She was laying next to a fireplace while that I was in this office working. Was excited I to this girl is ridiculous. On. She she fooled me. She made me feel that it was going to be equal, and now I'm here doing everything. Everything that you like. You want to me do. to give birth to our child too? Is that what you want? I would, I would push it out my butthole and have a shit. Yes, kid. Well, I guys, this wraps this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You can catch Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song. (laughs) And you can catch me at Davis So Comedy and Genius Brain Podcast. Well, every Thursdays and Sundays (laughs) for the rest of this year until January. January, we're going once a week, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you very guys much. What the hell did I just say right there? I'm so exhausted. (laughs) Touch my feet before we end. We have to do it before we end. Sister. I can't because I need to reach my abs. (laughs) Hurry up. Touch my feet. Work the your whole house. feet. <laughs> what did it. I get out of this? Uh-huh. I need to get something Hurry out up, of this. My ass can't take it. What, uh, what can I get out of this? Just do it so we can end this podcast. Touch my feet. <laughs> there. We'll see. see you guys next time. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.